We need to get back to where evidence matter, facts matter, and reliable data is the source of that fact and evidence, and it must start somewhere. So why not in one of our most influential part of our society, where we spend at least eight hours a day working, and who is better to drive that transformation than all of you listening? I have interviewed a dozen of experts within the field of people analytics to inspire you and share their know-how about how you can extract and use important people data in your decision making. All right, uh, today I have with me Marcus Mossberg, uh, all the way from Kansas City. That's right. That's really cool. Nice to have you here. Thank you. Um, so, Marcus, let, let's start quite simple before we get in d deep dive into the hard questions and complicated ones. Mm -hmm. uh, who are you? Where do you come from? And you know, what have you? How did you end up in this chair? Yeah, so I am um, what you might call a recovering HR practitioner. So I actually cut my teeth um, in an HR generalist role and eventually found my way on the technology side of the HR equation. Um, and today, my role is that of a strategist, if you will, um, working for a technology company. And my reason for existence is to change the way that people work. We spend a lot of time at work, and I want to improve that experience. I love your vision. I mean, that, that, that is something you can go up in the morning and feel, yes, lovely to go to work today because I want to do something that, that actually yeah, affects people's life. So, um, I mean, how do you, I mean, you work with, with employee experience and so on. How do you measure it and how do you monitor, you know, data, uh, monitor data of employee experience? Yeah, so, you know, I, it's, I think it's interesting that a lot of organizations will attempt to define engagement and experience by using things like surveys, right? Mm -hmm. Very traditional yeah. approach. I will ask you, how are you doing? Um, I think that's um, not enough. Yeah. I think we also need to combine that with data that we have available. And today we have more data available about our people than we've ever had. So we've made that a point of emphasis at, at Infor, the company that I work for, where we've actually developed an assessment technology that looks mm. at 26 different cultural, cognitive, and behavioral characteristics to better understand people at that DNA level, that behavioral yeah. DNA. Wow. So in addition, in addition to asking you, how are you doing? Yeah. I also want to look at the data. So when you go to the doctor, yeah. the doctor says, how are you feeling? And you say, I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah. But then he draws blood yeah. and he tests your blood yeah. to see how you're doing. And he said, comes back and says, hey, your, your cholesterol went up 25%. Why didn't you tell me that? Well, you didn't know that, right? But the data proves it out. And so I think if we're going to influence people's experience at work, we have to go beyond simply asking them. And a lot of them aren't going to be forthcoming anyway because they don't necessarily want to tell you everything. But the data doesn't lie, does it? No, exactly. Exactly. And these, uh, now now you got me going. <laughs> so these 26 different, uh, what do you call it? Behavioral characteristics. Behavioral characteristics. Uh, can you mention a few of them? 
Yeah. So if you look at things like um, flexibility, right? right, which is a really important one in today's environment where, yeah. you know, the average shelf life of a skill is going below five years now. Mm. Right. And so we have to have that change agility. Mm. Um, and that's something that you can actually measure. And again, how this, do you measure that? So it's again, it's a, it's a test that was created by a team of industrial and organizational yeah. psychologists. And what we've actually done, we have assessed 200 million people. Okay. So we have a very large data set mm. to pull from. And what we've done is been able to identify then of those 26 characteristics, which of them are the best predictors of performance in mm. specific roles. But again, the, the opportunity exists, in my opinion, to also use that data to better define things like employee engagement. It's a very nebulous term, yeah. right? Um, so I think yeah. we have an opportunity to put some better uh, quantitative data definition around these topics mm. um, versus the, the qualitative, which I think we've been overly reliant on. Again, speaking as a former HR practitioner, we've relied way too much on intuition and gut feel in yeah. terms of how we make decisions and how we All quantify the these things. And, and that's really scary, I think. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's basically my whole vision about this, that how do we actually make people stop making decisions about other people based on gut feeling? Yes. Uh, I, I And in Endos, yes. Uh, because I, I've been part of executive teams myself, where somebody runs in and said X and Y are really stupid people. We should fire them, and mm -hmm. then he, he, this person gets kind of a you know cohesion with with the rest of the team, and they're like, oh yeah, let's do it. Let's let's try to get rid of them because then and we don't have any data about it. Yeah, they might be extremely flexible people. We might use them in other areas, but we're not talking about that. It becomes kind of a really really wrong. Yeah, well, you can also go to the other side of that spectrum. I read an article in the Wall Street Journal mm. last month, and it was about this writer who was talking about Amazon, okay? And Amazon's being sued right now mm. for firing people based on what the lawsuit claims are simply metrics of performance and productivity only. Mm. And so this writer was talking about how um, we may eventually become this society in the future where we have software firing people for us because the yeah. software is identified that you're underperforming. Think about Amazon yeah, fulfillment yeah, yeah, yeah. center, right? Think about in a, in a warehouse where um, I get you order something, I get the ticket, I go find the, the products that you ordered, I put them in a box and I ship them off right? Amazon can measure every aspect of that. Yeah. So if they have 100 people in that fulfillment center, I can say, who are the bottom 10? Yeah. Fire them, right? Let the software fire them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, that's like this extreme example. And what the software- yeah, but I don't think it's far, far it, We're not that far, right? But what the software doesn't capture is that one of those people in the bottom 10 are one of those people that have been there for a long time. They have great institutional knowledge. They understand how to use the handheld scanner. Mm. And so people constantly stop them and say, can you please help me with this. Yeah. You know where I can find this. And so their productivity numbers show that they're lacking, but the reality is they're one of the most valuable people yeah, in that facility. Say, yeah. Spreadsheets are lazy. They don't share that information, right? Yeah. So we've got to be able to understand the bigger picture. Yeah. And I, and I must say, I have a personal example from this. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I, I've created uh, weekly and, and, and one of the first things uh, when I, and of course you have to be your own kind of a guinea pig, you mm -hmm. know, so I was my own guinea pig where I tested my theories and so on on myself and on my team and and my boss when he saw my results he wouldn't kind of to fire me actually it's like 
oh, this is really epic. Like, I'm getting... He, he wants to maybe fire me right. because of my result of something that I built that tells that, well, my leadership skills are not really great <laughs> right now. But right. those still, they they don't take into account a lot of other things you right. know, so that are really important. So so I, I really agree with you. It's a, it's a valid and important point. So, <clears throat> I mean... You are on that already a little bit to find a balance between being controlled by numbers and KPIs other than feelings and other know-how. How do we measure factor, factors which can be which cannot be told by by KPIs? Basically, I mean, you talk a little bit about ev- evidence vs. empathy. To achieve comprehensive collaboration, you need to understand the people and the needs of your organization. This is where people analytics fits into your work. Do you go with your gut feeling or do you have real numbers supporting your intuition? Yeah, that's right. So it's it's a balancing act, right, um, of being able to use data but also using discernment, right? Using our brain. So you mentioned evidence versus empathy. So it's got to be a combination of collecting information about our people. The beauty is we already have it, right? We already have tons of data. It's a matter of how do we access that data? How do Mm. we aggregate and assimilate that data? And then what do we do with it? How do we enable that to drive decision making. So again, another use case that we've used at the company that I work for is we've used it for flight risk prediction. So when you aggregate a bunch of data, I can identify in advance, you are a heightened flight risk. But what does that really tell me? Mm. If I'm your manager, I know that you might be leaving, but I don't know why. And so if you dig farther into the data, you can see there's two specific elements that are contributing to your heightened flight risk. And what are those? Well, I mean, in this case, this is an example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One is you haven't taken any time off in 12 months, which is pretty typical (laughs) where I am, right? And so the first thing, the first recommended Mm. intervention from the system is for you to go take some time off. The second piece is you've been in the same job for five years. And we actually may have another job in the organization that you are a perfect fit for. Why not consider making a move, right? So again, we have to get beyond simply throwing a bunch of data at people. We have to help them understand what does the data tell me and what should I do with it? Interesting. I'm 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 a little bit curious now, actually, because at weekly we measure like uh, you know other types of data. I mean, psychosocial health data, yes, leadership data, etc. And and we have found like four or five different um, factors that are uh, actually affecting people quitting the, or 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 quitting the jobs, uh, the flight risk. And and those are one of those as an example is about mandate. Mm. How much that you feel during your work that you have mandate in what you do, and that you not just given, but also you have taken uh, the mandate to actually- So you have some control? Control over your area of responsibility and you know, okay, this is a, my mandate. This is what I can, which decision I can make about my work. And this is extremely crucial for, for actually uh, keeping you at, at your work and also healthy uh, and so on and engaged. Uh, but it's interesting what I mean is to how do you, com- it would be interesting to combine these two. Mm-hmm. What you're talking about, mm-hmm. you know, and it, you don't take vacations, you don't do that, and because there are more external data that actually tells a lot about a person, and, and uh, really interesting. Very true. Yeah. Um, so, um, I mean, a lot of people say we would love to have uh, real examples. 
do you have some real examples like you told me now you have told a few do you have something more you could uh, you know talk uh, tell the listeners about you know real uh not not just you know vague ones just very concrete examples about how how what you do has helped organizations yeah so you know one of the biggest things that um i like to focus on is that every single person is different right mm-hmm. and so if we can get to know each individual at that molecular level right mm-hmm. then we can personalize their experience throughout their career. So the first Mm -hmm. step is identifying, are you a good fit for the culture of this organization Mm -hmm. that we're considering you for? Again, culture is one of those nebulous terms as well. I read a a study in Deloitte how they said, um, culture is, according to the CEOs they interviewed, critical, 85% of them said it's critical to our business. And then they asked them, how many of you can actually define what yeah. culture is? And they were like, 15% of them. So they're like, it's really important. We just have no clue how to define it. That's not good. But we can actually put some you know, quantitative definitions around culture and make sure that you're a good fit. Then put you into that job that you were born to do. Mm-hmm. Now, I admittedly, when I was a child, did not dream of being an HR practitioner. But it was <laughs> the job that I was born to do, yeah. right? I love it genuinely authentically and so if you can put people into those roles that they were born to do and then personalize their experience just like amazon does Mm. right they collect data and they say oh you bought those shoes you're going to really like those shoes why aren't we doing that at work where i know who you are based on the data and i can recommend a career path that's not generic to say hey everybody in your role went to this role next no where should you go? And sometimes it may be a completely different role. Yeah. And again, that next generation of millennials and Gen Z, yeah. they're not going to change jobs multiple times. They're going to change careers multiple yeah. times. Yeah, yeah, if yeah, yeah. you give them the visibility to do that inside your organization, then you're going to retain that institutional knowledge even yeah. longer. Yeah. I, I, and that, that could help the whole society actually grow much faster than we are doing right now, I think, because, I mean, it's scary to change a career. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's scary to change a job. It's even scary to change a career. I mm-hmm. mean, I'm, I, I don't know, really. I'm, I'm shit scared to, to do something else than this uh-huh. right now. Uh-huh. But but I, I've changed career three times, so right. it shouldn't be that hard, but it's scary. So I think that's a really good way of actually, as you say, showing the path and then more people will, would actually dare to because that's when you cross-function. That's when you actually get the cross-functional uh, expertise and you can use different th- ideas from different fields uh, into your work. That's right. And that brings yeah. people with a more diverse mindset and yeah. a new way of thinking that may approach problems that have been challenging in the past from a, yeah. a totally new vantage point. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, that was one of the f- questions I tried to ask the, the panel earlier today was... Uh, <clears throat> You know, do you bring in data scientists and, yeah. and evolve them into HR business partners, or do you make HR business partners tech savvy or, or data savvy? And and for me, it was the opposite actually. When I worked with the contact lenses and glasses, uh, I was part of the one of the world's largest online retailers uh, with selling glasses and contact lenses, and we had opticians actually. And instead of bringing in uh, not opticians but their opticians practitioners that mm-hmm. were helping the opticians, we brought in salespeople and learned them how to uh, become uh, helping the opticianist to actually 
you know, uh, give value to the client, to to the customers, and that was totally different game change, game changer, uh, in comparison to bringing people who know a lot about the I, but yeah. nothing about the the selling part. Yeah, there is a definitive case for diversity. Um, yeah. And again, I agree that you can have people who come in with a very um, strong HR background, or you can have yeah. people with very strong business acumen, yeah. or maybe it's technical or analytical skills. But you need them all. It's funny when I I'm joined an HR um, healthcare technology company in the States, I had two executives that I supported as their HR business partner. One of them, I went to introduce myself and he said, hey, I want you to be a consultant. I want you to tell me what to do about people stuff. The other one I went to and he said, don't you dare try to tell me what to do. You don't know me. You don't know my business. And I'm not going to invite you to any meetings until you prove that you understand our yeah. business. And he was he was serious. I didn't wow. get invited this for like six months until I proved that I yeah. understood his yeah. business. And I couldn't just provide the HR side. He didn't want that alone. Yeah. He wanted to understand how I could combine the two. And yeah. I think that's critical. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, I feel that we could talk for at least an hour more, but I hope to uh, maybe uh, r- uh, wrap it up here now and, and maybe have a new session later on i would love to hear more about actually these 26 uh again you call them for characteristics characteristics sorry mm-hmm. uh and and dig deeper into actually what can be found out of those yeah. so so uh, i hope to have you back it's great to and be thank here thank you for today you bet thank you yeah all right <laughs> i know it is hard sometimes there are just too many moving parts intuition data and investigating the source of the data before making important decisions. Most of the time, we just want the train to start moving, heading towards our goals. I'm not saying you should take these precautions making a decision about minor things in life. But if you're making life-altering decisions for yourself, your family, or co-workers, then you should take your time.